On today's episode, we're going to talk about recognizing the need for sales, selling people what they want to buy, and the importance of journaling. Let's go! This is the Blind Entrepreneur Podcast, where we help entrepreneurs and business professionals execute their vision by guiding them to profitability. Today, we have Chris Sierra. He is the CEO of ArcWeb Technologies. ArcWeb is a, a digital product design and development company that specializes in healthcare and financial technology software. Chris, how is your day going? Great. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Anytime. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I cannot complain too much. Before we get into the nuts and bolts of the conversation, I have to start the podcast off the same way we do every single time, and that is with an icebreaker. So Chris, are you ready? <laughs> I think so. All right. So imagine you just had the absolute best day of your life. Where are you going to eat? What are you going to order in order to make your day complete? I would eat at Amada, which is an old city right around the corner, which is uh, one of my favorite places. And they have an amazing uh, veggie sandwich, eggplant sandwich, which is uh, top notch. Very nice. Not bad. Great answer. Hopefully, uh, Garces is listening and maybe he can help us <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> so, without further ado, the first real question is tell us about yourself. Who are you and what is your story? Sure. So right now I'm CEO of Arcwave Technologies. My background has been a software engineer, software developer. I was I grew up in Upper Darby. I went to Upper Darby High School, and so I've been in this region my whole life. I went to Drexel for computer science and got my bachelor's, my master's there, and then I worked at a, a number of companies locally. I worked for Smith Klein Beecham, which is now Glaxo. Uh, Traffic.com, a startup company called Dracontis that spun out of Drexel. I worked for Drexel as a research assistant for a number of years and then finally uh, got the confidence to co-found my first company about 10 years ago, which is called Viewsit. And then after Viewsit, uh, I was at ArcWeb. So uh, so Philly, Philly guy, for the most part, I've been living here more than anywhere else, Philly, the city proper, and uh, you know, doing a lot in the, in the business and startup world here. So I have to ask the question, you started the company about your entrepreneurial career t 10 years ago, you said, what was that moment for you where you, you felt the need to be brazen enough to just quit your job or leave your job and just start your own thing? Yeah, it, it was definitely a moment for sure. And, and it was, uh, something that I had thought about for so long, you know, wanting to do and trying to learn, uh, how other people did it. And then what I realized was that it really just comes down to a declaration. You just got to say, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. And that declaration has to go into kind of every conversation that you have after that. So, you know, some people would say, so are you still looking for a job? And I'd be like, no, I started a company. I go to a co-working space every day. I, I now have a job effectively. And uh, this is what I'm doing. So it takes it takes a lot uh, to kind of like police some of the friends and family <laughs> after the fact that don't quite understand what you're doing. But for the most part, I'd say it starts with a declaration. So I try to just coach people more and more to be like, look, you can do this. It just starts with you saying like, I'm going to do it and I'm doing it. And then the moment you say I did it, you know, then that's the transition point. 
Interesting. So tell us a little bit more about your company. What is ArcWeb exactly? Sure. So you, you gave uh, some of the initial elevator pitch, but we do three things essentially. The first is digital strategy, which is a form of management consulting. The second is user experience. The third is software engineering. So we basically work from idea all the way to a production digital product in market. And locally, we have worked with Pen, Shop, Fidelity, Investnet, a lot of local companies, and a lot of startup and, and private equity backed, or venture capital and private equity backed uh, startup companies. So you, when you started ArcWeb, is ArcWeb, the, the company that ArcWeb is now, it, is it the same type of company as it was then? And if it hasn't, how did you narrow your focus to find your specialization? Yeah, so initially, I would say ArcWeb was more doing uh, just project management. So consulting out of and I wasn't really taking taking any risks on projects like saying you know yes for two hundred thousand dollars we will build this it was more like yeah I think this will cost about a hundred thousand dollars I think I can find you the engineers I think I can find you the designers uh, so really just started out uh, for as you know my own personal independent consulting and I wasn't really sure at that time what I was gonna do in the next phase of my career if I was gonna be uh, stay a consultant, an independent consultant, or I really at that time had no vision of like a holding company for whatever that next big thing I was going to build was. Uh, I was working on another product company at the time. I was working on a CRM focused product, which uh, I still kind of fantasize about a little bit because I still feel like this uh, this need is still in the marketplace. Uh, but that's that's how we got started. And over time, I would say I wanted to take more ownership of these budgets and projects that uh, we were we were doing. And so then that led to you know, hiring engineers, hiring designers, and uh, bringing them on under ArcWeb. And then, um, but we've certainly adapted to the market. So I was doing consulting work at ING Direct and uh, you know, doing you know, very high level banking system work and, uh, and then doing production systems there. And um, so I, I had kind of a FinTech background, if you will. And uh, I was trying to basically brand myself as a fintech guy and uh, and trying to focus on that. And that got us, I'd say, a, a, a decent already. Um, and over the years, we, we continue to focus on that vertical as a, as a, as a top vertical. And uh, But as far as adaptation, uh, locally, the healthcare market here is very strong. And so we have you know also pivoted uh, pretty heavily into healthcare. And in fact, last year of our 30 clients, uh, 13 of them were in healthcare. I actually don't know how many we've had in, in 2017, but I'm pretty sure it's the majority by now. Mm, very interesting. So when you started the company, something that I find really interesting and probably one of the hardest things to do in business is to obtain your first 100 customers. Is there anything that you can give in terms of advice to, um, to find ways to get your first 100 customers? Like how were you guys able to achieve that? So... I'm actually not sure we're even at 100 customers yet, to be totally honest. So, um, you know, we've we are had a, a small number of clients in that in that sense. Uh, like I mentioned to you, in 2016 we had 30, uh, and many of them were repeats from 2015, and, and I'm sure some of those were from 2014. So, so um, but as far as projects, you know, we've done uh, hundreds of projects. So, uh, in th in that regard, you know, you could almost call every one of those, you know, kind of legal pieces of paper, you know, a customer in some sense. Um, so. Um, 
from for me and I, and I know I love the the brand you know the blind entrepreneur because I've been blind so many times I'm still blind I'm blind all over the place right um, and uh, you know but one of my big blind spots was not really recognizing the importance of sales and and my own personal skills needed to be a sales guy and to be successful in business so that was um, that was probably you know anyway my, my biggest blind spot and um, to some degree I, I you know, I'm, I'm very blind around a number of, of aspects of sales because I've never worked in a big sales organization management. Um, but but anyway, that was kind of and I, and I feel like, you know, for for at least being in a services company that only really does three things, I think it was, an, you know, that might be enough um, of, a, of a blind spot to overcome to to do it. But um, but I was also selling something that I really understand. You know, whereas I think a lot of people start businesses around things that they don't understand. Uh, and at least in my case, like if, if you look sort of myopically, at least as a service business, there's sales and then there's delivery. You know, I really did understand the delivery aspect of what I was doing. Sales was kind of the missing piece. But anyway, that's that's more of my personal side, but personal story. But yeah, no, that's interesting. That's a, that's a really interesting take. Um, you know, going back to the, the, the theme of being blind, um, you know, can you pinpoint a particular story? It doesn't have to necessarily be sales, but can you find a time, remember a time where you were blind in business or lost in business, and how were you able to overcome that blindness? Of sales for entrepreneurs is um, with, so my last company is called Views It. It started off as a web-based document viewer, so it's pretty pervasive now. Google Docs, Amazon, you know, so many different companies have document viewers that just work in a web browser and you never have to worry about how they how they, you know, how am I viewing this in a web browser? But back in the day, you actually had to use this uh, piece of software called the Adobe Reader that, you know, people still use, but, you know, it's not nearly as, uh, as pervasive. So anyway, we were focused on a B2C product at the time that we had launched. And the idea was that we were going to replace the Adobe Reader on everybody's desktop through this, like, uh, basically like global document viewing engine that eventually was going to index every document under the sun and could quickly view them. Uh, so we were essentially taking, you know, the Adobe reader was, was like using your computer, your CPU, your memory to render these documents. We were basically like moving that into the cloud, taking away the hardcore rendering part, um, or at least the processing part, and then just only rendering what you see. What I learned quickly is that B2C companies require a ton of capital to get off the ground. Uh, nobody paid for the Adobe Reader. It was totally free. So like trying to be successful meant that we really had to raise investment capital. So uh, what I didn't realize is that raising investment capital, you're basically you know, selling your stock and, uh, and not really realizing that it's a sales job in the sense that you have to be really good at selling the stock uh, in order to be successful and get your business to the next stage. So in that sense, you're almost selling two things in your company. I'm selling this you know, web-based reader, but I'm also selling my stock, which are two totally different things that uh, indicate um, – you know, anyway, it, there's, there, you really have to be good at selling two different things. So my big epiphany uh, it, it was that if I – and a sales trainer kind of sold us, sold me and my partner uh, on on uh, this being a problem. You can't raise money. You need you know you need to learn how to sell. Uh, and it, and it was an eye opener. So anyway, we got sales training. Long story short, I mean, it took us like nearly 15 months to raise money because we were a pre-revenue B2C company, uh, but we eventually did. Um, and and I would say it was all because we learned how to you know to run a sales process and to be better salespeople. Interesting. Now is that same you're the same have the same partner that uh, that business that you have now? No, no. Uh, so for ArcWeb, I'm solo solo founder, so I don't have any partners. Okay, very cool. Now um, something uh, about the aspect of sales 
and the customer success journey. I'm really interested to hear, uh, you mentioned that a lot of the customers that you have now are actually repeat customers, uh, maybe of like a previous year, like a 2013 or a 2014. Um, what is that customer success journey like for you and how are you able to get more out of your current customers and your existing clients? You mentioned deliver your, your ability to deliver, um, more so being able to, to, to sell. So how are you able to bring them back into your sales cycle um, and, and have them continuing to just further grow their project or expand whatever it is they're trying to accomplish? So since we work with a lot of entrepreneurs, it's been a lot of their success of that person's career has been you know, um, them assembling a good team and being successful delivering uh, to whomever, whether it's their shareholders or their customers. And, um, you know, most of our customers were entrepreneurs in the very early stages. So these are people that, you know, oftentimes travel from city to city, travel, um, but they're also doing a lot of things, right? So I, a lot of our customers end up being uh, buyers at multiple levels. And, you know, sometimes that might be, you know, once every couple of years, but, you know, we've had some customers that literally have bought um, three things from us at three different companies, you know, we're now almost seven years old. So, um, you know, so some people as they run their different career cycles, you know, uh, come in, uh, to arc web through, through different ways. So that, that's, that's been one side of it. You know, a lot of startups, uh, in general and kind of the entrepreneurial community almost, you know, it, be, you know, people are just constantly cycling in and out of it. So being in, in that side of things is, is exciting. And to some degree, you know, it's a law of numbers though, like 5% of them survive and like 95% die. So it's like, you know, there's also been a lot of time spent with people that haven't, you know, done, done, uh, you know, bought three other things or whatever, but you know, I wouldn't say that we, we're not, we're not in business for that reason. Um, you know, we, we like doing good now, do you think the what what do you think is more important from the success of ArcWeb? Is it more the customer uh, the deliverable of of having quality work, or do you think it's more so the relationship? Because a service based business, it is very relationship oriented. I mean, yes, you have to deliver the product, but from my experience, at least, the product could be subpar to some degree, or at least maybe a little bit less than astronomically uh, uh, incredible. Um, but as long as the communication is there, um, clients seem to to appreciate that. So, do you feel as if that they're like? What is your opinion on that happy medium, that marriage between quality, the quality product, and quality service? It's really, it's really, that's a very complicated question. So, and I know that you I know never a said they're going to be good, yeah. uh, uh, easy questions. So, yeah. <laughs> so a lot of times, one person exactly. They need and a lot of times their satisfaction almost isn't indicative of whether or not they got something that they wanted and or needed you know what I mean so a lot of times uh, you can't believe what people are telling you before and after the process to some degree you know what I mean as far as like our own data collection here you know we're, we're pretty mindful that you know people don't always tell you exactly um, what they're thinking both before and after so um, in general, I would say from like a philosophical point of view, I think when people come in and they want to buy something, we try to sell them what they want to buy in most instances, unless we feel like it's harmful either financially from a time perspective or whatever, you know, it's, um, it's oftentimes really hard to convince people to, uh, do business in a different way than they want to buy it. Right. So that's been a, an important kind of learning for me along the way. 
Um, cause for a while we had this kind of like well-oiled machine where we only cranked, cranked out, um, you know, the world in that regard. Um, we are though a lot more picky. So we, um, we've gotten really good at identifying certain like anti-patterns that we don't want from people and they don't always manifest themselves in a way of like a job title. Although certain job titles I would say are more, uh, likely to exhibit some of these anti-patterns, but, um, but that has been also kind of a big, a big, uh, thing for us too, where, um, you know, we look for certain things and try to like, just, you know, deprioritize, um, certain types of, of clients. But, um, and I'll make one other important point that I think addresses the question. So sell staffing, technical staffing in the sense that they'll sell you, let's say an angular JavaScript person for three months. And if you, uh, talk to them and try to buy stuff from them. They only look like a staffing company because they only know how to sell like a staffing company sells. But you wouldn't know that by looking at their website or, or talking to them or whatever. Um, and a lot of buyers really only want to buy staffing companies because that's all they have experience with and whatnot. From our perspective, over time, we have morphed much more into a project-based firm and trying to focus on big executive problems and then managing the delivery of those all the way down uh, to the to the ground troops, you know, the same way that that other people deliver in their organization. And so that's been a big shift. So that means that a lot of people that want to come to us and like buy staff, uh, we don't sell it because um, we've mostly, you know, deprioritized that side of the business. So mm. anyway, I don't want to my words with some of this stuff, but um, but I think we're pretty open minded about changes in the future. It's just sort of like where we are right now and uh, and what we're focused on. Well, I appreciate the honesty and the clarity in this. Um, I mean, things are constantly changing, and it's always good to be on the forefront of that. Um, one of the last business main business questions that I have for you is um, our mentors. And is there anyone in particular that you would like to meet to further your business, and why would you like to meet that individual? Interesting. So I'm supposed to call somebody out right now? Uh, I mean, you don't have to know. I mean, don't know him. It, it, it could be it could be Obama. I mean, maybe you do know him. I don't know. Or maybe it could be uh, if you're on the other side, it could be Trump. I don't know. Whatever. But anyone that you think that would be like, you know, uh, I would love to meet this person. I would love to pick their brain, get in their head. The floor is yours. Call that person out. We'll try and get them to to meet you. Uh, I listen to rap music all the time, and, and I didn't. I had like a phase where I didn't listen to rap music for like 15 years, and now I'm like totally back. Um, I would love to meet Dr. Dre for sure. Nice. <laughs> so if you get Dr. Dre on, let him know I want to meet him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, now, now is it? Are you? I, well, do you want to meet Dr. Dre for the rap, or do you want to meet Dr. Dre for the stories or the business? Because now the man's worth a, over a billion dollars. So it's all about. All about business. Yeah. Okay. All about business. So there's me, so much about the music industry too that I'm very curious about, um, but you know, I would say he's he's done some pretty pretty substantial things. So now I'm 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 curious to hear. Do you want to learn more about the Beats side of business, about what he did with Beats and iTunes and his merger, or are you more so just like you know before Dr. Dre was this you know Dr. Dre persona? The above. You said all of the above. Yeah. Sorry, the thing cut out for a second. But yeah, totally. All I, I think it's all of the above. I mean, the whole package is just so interesting. I think it would be a, a good conversation. No, totally. Yeah, that, that would be, I, that's a great answer. I mean, there's, there's so much to learn from there, you know? 
And he also, you know, I mean, he has, you know, done some really bad and horrible things too, you know? And, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people that believes in forgiveness and that sort of thing. I'm, I'm on the board of center for employment opportunities, which is focused on various, uh, reentry challenges and whatnot. And I just think it's really important. Uh, so anyway, he, he's overcome a lot of things and is just a very interesting person. So anyway, he's, he's top of the list. I like it. Now I have to ask just because is there a, like, what is your favorite Dr. Dre song? <laughs> um, or if that's from him, maybe something that he collaborated with uh, with somebody else. Um, I, I I feel like so the album The Chronic. I just have to listen from start to finish. I don't know if there's a you know, can cherry pick a few songs, but it's just one of those albums that you you have to listen to the whole thing. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, great answer. I love it, man. I love it. So we're gonna switch up the business questions, and we're gonna be more so talking about the personal questions, if that's okay with you. Um, something that is very important to entrepreneurs and to all um, successful individuals, there are habits that they do throughout the day. So what are some habits that have helped you become more efficient? One of the things I think I do really good is not repeat the same mistake twice. You know, I'm sure people will disagree with me, people on my team, but um, I, try, I, I try to make uh, go through great lengths to make sure that I don't repeat the same mistake twice. So I'm constantly just sort of checking myself, like, you know, have I done this before? Have I seen this before, et cetera? Uh, so that's one thing. Um, another is I'm, I think I'm good at uh, trying to find a group of peers, people that would be good at answering the question, right? If I haven't taken this from my own personal memory, you know, who can I relate to in this area? So I think I'm good at asking for advice. Um, and, um, another thing, so I journal like crazy, so I could tell you exactly what I did. What's today, October 9th in 2007, I could tell you exactly what I did 10 years ago today. Um, if I wanted to, uh, go back and, and I used to use this program called the journal and I had to go through this big migration of my old notes, but like literally I, I take notes every single day. And, um, and that I think has been one of my great strengths for, you know, not repeating the same mistake twice, really being able to like catalog you know, what I'm doing, uh, what are my action items and, um, and it's gotten me into, so I got really good at like writing things down, but then it also kind of forced me to start writing even before I know what I'm going to, you know, before a meeting happens. So I've gotten really good at like, before I get to a meeting, now I'm going to prepare an agenda and some other things. So, you know, and I've heard people talk about like artists, you know, the best artists like writes for the trash can or, you know, draws for the trash can. They don't care if it's going to be art yet. They just, you know, start, just start, you know, drawing. So by the same token, just like start writing. So anyway, th three quick things. Now is that um, I, I cut off briefly, but do you you use an app now? Do you write it out on hand, and or do you use any form of like uh, program now? I, I just use Evernote, Evernote. now, okay. and and I and I type Evernote. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's really cool. Um, now, what are some resources? You mentioned Evernote being one of those resources, but is there any? Are there any other resources that you use every single day that you just can't live without? Hmm. So Ever, Evernote is a big one. Um, you know, it's funny as I've, for some reason I can't get through my email anymore. Um, <laughs> like it is a hopeless and you, you may have experienced some of this interacting <laughs> with me. Like I'm completely bankrupt on email. Um, and I continue to believe there's gotta be a better solution to this challenge, but I, I haven't thought of an idea good enough to start a company uh, focused on it. But, um, I send a lot of texts. 
Um, so, you know, I've actually preferred text more than anything else. I've even, you know, I would say, you know, to some degree I've, I've closed a lot of business through text. Um, Hey, how can, you know, Hey, it's end of Friday. You going to get back to me today or, you know, so, um, you know, <laughs> some degree going back to basics and not even an email, but I'm like literally just texting people throughout the day. Um, hmm. I'm experimenting with Finn for, uh, for, uh, virtual assistant service, which has been kind of interesting. Although I am, I am hiring someone to replace Finn, uh, at the moment. Um, anyway, that's quick, quick sample. No, that's good. That's all, that's all good, good, uh, good information. Um, the last major question that I have for you, and this is in my opinion, the most important one, um, the blind entrepreneur, this podcast was created for individuals who may be temporarily blind in business. Uh, you mentioned that you've experienced a point of time where you were blind. Um, I know I have as well. So the, to the individuals who may be temporarily blind in business, what are three pieces of advice that you would give to a fellow entrepreneur? yourself with a community of peers and uh, try to spend a lot of time with them. And it's, it's hard to figure out, you know, peers constantly change in the sense of like, who should I talk to or whatnot. But uh, for me, it was Philly startup leaders. So that was, you know, where and to, to a large degree where I still go to find my community of peers and uh, from people to learn from. So, so first I would say is, is community. Se- second, I've talked a bit about which was sales, and I'll and I'll say, you know, learning sales has been key and transformative for me to figure out, you know, how to how to get my business to the next stage, and um, you know, there's a lot of good books that that talk about, you know, being an entrepreneur and and that sort of thing, but I feel like that was by far, you know, the skill that that changed uh, so much for me personally. Third is, and it's not clear. Uh, at all, how this tracks um, in the short, probably ducks in the long term, and that is to you know be helpful and to help people. And it's um, I can't tell you how much how much of the be- some of the best relationships that I have built today right now, uh, and are you know to some degree you know living off of have been because it started from a place of me actually helping someone. Uh, and not expecting anything in return. And uh, I, I, you know, do, do a lot of charity work right now and whatnot. And, um, you know, that's like a, a new, a new step of it for me as I'm like, um, you're really just trying to help people in the time, place and manner that they need it, whether someone's trying to switch jobs or someone is, you know, is it has dropped out of school for some reason, but is trying to get to that next point. I have three uh, kids, I'd say that I'm mentoring right now that I'm trying to help through. Um, there are various stages of life. Um, so I think, you know, I, it's hard to correlate it in the short term, but I think, uh, so much of, you know, I feel like of the success and whatnot traction that I've had, uh, in, in life has been from just being helpful. Very cool. Great pieces of advice overall. Chris, you successfully completed the podcast. So congratulations to you. Good, sir. Yes. Uh, the next 30 seconds is all yours. Go ahead and tell everyone how they can learn about more about you, how can they be a part of your journey or potentially becoming a customer of yours? Wow. So, well, um, you, so ArcWeb Technologies is our company, 
web dialing not much on my personal homepage anymore, but that is Sira.us, which uh, is, a, is a shell of its former self. Since I started ArcWeb, I've you know pretty much put everything uh, there. Uh, and I would say, you know, the, where I where I go and where I hang out, I still hang out at a lot of Philly startup leaders and PSL events. So uh, you can definitely uh, find me find me at those events. And um, as far as becoming an ArcWeb customer someday, uh, it's not that uh, it doesn't have to be for that. So if you're if you, you know you want to uh, learn more about my company, learn more about me, uh, just uh, shoot me a note. Uh, my phone number is easy to find. You can send me a text message. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> we can set something up. Um, cool. And actually, I'll show you Camden uh, from here. Can you see it? Yes. I'm, I'm yes. waving. I don't know if you can see it uh, from the window. but I, I that's, see you. That's me. <laughs> Shout out from Philly to yes. Camden. <laughs> Appreciate the love, man. Yeah. Always good talking to you. Thank you so much for your time. For every, to everyone who is still watching and listening, thank you guys for always liking, commenting, and subscribing. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on YouTube and everything you heard today, including all the links, not the number. I'll let you find that on your own. But all the links uh, to Chris, uh, you, it will be in the show notes for you to view. To watch more videos, head over to blindentrepreneur.com. Being blind in business is temporary. I hope that after listening to the wisdom of Chris, you are now able to see more clearly. Go out there and execute your vision. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you so much for watching this video. Don't forget to follow me on any and all social media platforms using the long last name above, followed by the letter J. If you want to get lost into the dark abyss of YouTube, click either left or right for another video. And finally, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. No, seriously, don't forget.